Hello, and welcome to another episode of Serendipity Girl. I'm your host, Colleen Weaver, and I am on a quest to discover things that are both good and things that show me more about the good God who is behind all things good. I'm so glad you've joined me today. In this episode, I want to celebrate the fact that we're coming off of St. Patrick's Day, which you know that I discovered in earnest this year. It only took me 50-something years to really understand what St. Patrick's Day was all about, even though my name means girl in Irish. Go figure. And I come from a long line of McGarrity's, which is spelled M-C, capital G-A-R-I-T-Y, and my understanding And you listeners out in Ireland can let me know out on my Facebook page, which is Serendipity Girl. And it's called Serendipity Girl Podcast Lovers. And it's a Facebook group where you can opine, you can share comments, hopefully encouraging, of course, no trolling, thank you. And not that you guys would do that. This is a positive podcast, so I don't think anybody would troll. But um, I would love to know, because I've heard that if you have a name of Mac, and it's M-C, not M-A-C, but M-C, that it means that you're of Irish descent. And like my good friend, whose married name is McLaren, M-A-C, or... Old MacDonald had a farm. I think his is M-A-C. I'm not sure. It might be M-C. But if it's M-A-C, my understanding is that you are Scottish. So I have not done the uh, the genetic DNA test. My daughter has. She tells me we don't have an ounce of Irish blood in us. And I'm like, well, then why am I descending from McGarrity's? And my father came from Cowan. But it was Matt Cowan. I don't know if it was MC or MAC. So if anyone in Ireland or Scotland is listening, can you please let me know on the Facebook group uh, if Matt Cowan is MC or MAC. But my understanding from my mother is that we have Scott and Irish. Now, I'm wondering if, as my daughter says, we have English. And she says we have lots of English. And I have German in me on my father's side because my grandmother was a Poggle, P-A-G-E-L. She originated from, well, she came from Hamburg, uh, Hamburg, and uh, Germany, and set sail when she was nine months old, uh, docking at Ellis Island in New York. And so I'm German on that side. And they actually called themselves Prussian. Hmm. The plot thickens. So we weren't just German, we were Prussian. But I digress. So, coming off of St. Patrick's Day, we are rolling right into the very next holiday that I know of here in the United States, and that is Easter. And I went to a store called Hobby Lobby, and I got the most wonderful Easter decorations. And I got to thinking... There's some similarities between St. Patrick's Day and Easter because both of them have to do with honoring someone who suffered, 
who uh, experienced all kinds of trauma unjustly, and uh, St. Patrick was kidnapped, as we said in the last episode, so you might enjoy listening to that if you didn't hear it already. St. Patrick was English, was kidnapped by pirates, parading and marauding around the the, uh, British Isles, and they took him to Ireland, and then he became a shepherd out in the cold for six years from age 16 to 16 to 22. This is back when the Romans were running the UK and, or their influence was still being felt there. Let's put it that way. And, uh, what does he do? He escapes after six years. The Lord tells him, you're going to escape. You're going to get on a ship. You're going to go back home. And then he wants to learn everything he can about Jesus because he's now become a Christ follower. What does he want to do? He wants to go back to Ireland. Why? Because he has a vision to tell them about Jesus. And I'm like, wait a minute. You want to go back to the land where you were domestically trafficked, enslaved, and you want to tell people about how they can be free, like God freed you, one of those dark nights when you were watching the sheep and you were talking to God and he became your best friend, just like he did for King David, who was a shepherd. And you want to go back and tell these people, don't you remember what they did to you? And that's the point. He did. So I think it's a perfect dovetail from St. Patrick's Day into Easter. Because that's the ultimate wrong. When a holy God set aside his rights, took on human flesh, and came down to this earth as a baby, went through nine months in utero. I can imagine what that must have been like. And he never stopped being God, but he became fully man, yet without sin, and ultimately went to a cross for all of us to be our sin bearer, to take the punishment, not for things he did wrong, but for things we have done wrong, every unkind word, every mean action, every thought, even if it was just a thought. Whoa. So, happy Easter to you guys, because I am celebrating Easter now. The St. Patty's decorations are coming down. My Christmas tree, which has become a permanent fixture in my living room for the first time. My family doesn't know what to do with me, because apparently people do do this. In fact, one of my new friends, I went into her house recently. She has a Christmas tree. It's a small one. It's a tabletop one. But we don't really need to spend the money to buy a tabletop one. They're they're more expensive than you realize. But that's my goal is probably I may move the big tree back up into the attic one day. But I just love the twinkle lights. So that Christmas tree became a Valentine tree because I was celebrating Valentine as soon as New Year's Eve was up. I'm like, New Year, new holiday. Here, here we go. <coughs> Excuse me. And... Then, after Valentine's, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Because I don't want to put the tree up yet. So, (laughs) I thought, what about St. Patrick's Day? I know nothing about this holiday. And that's when I discovered St. Patrick. And, whoa, this is so much bigger than leprechauns and green beer and the craziness that we do up in Boston. Have you guys seen the parades they do in Boston? Am I saying that right? Boston in the fall. So there's a lot of Irish there. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of green beer. It's not my drink of choice, but okay. A little bit of green beer. 
nothing wrong with partying to a point. Depends on what you're doing. And okay, now I just sound Irish. Um, something in between <laughs> Southern American and uh, Irish. So, so anyway, my tree is now uh, going to become possibly an Easter tree. I'm in, I'm picturing eggs. Although I don't get what the love affair is with bunnies and eggs. I I see for every one thing I see that is about what Easter means, I see so many things about bunnies and eggs. And of course, I love Santa and all that because St. Nicholas really loved Jesus. And um, so I have no problem. I grew up with, you know, all that. But, and there's nothing wrong with the egg hunt. I love a good egg hunt. And especially the chocolate that is inside those eggs, if it's doves, by the way, um, has to be doves dark chocolate or the Reese's. You guys ought to opine on the Facebook page and let me know what your favorite Easter candy is. My husband is partial to Cadbury's. I'm partial to, as is my daughter, to the Reese's peanut butter eggs. Not the regular Reese's. There's something they do differently with how they whip it and whip it good inside the Easter eggs. And um, my daughter likes the Starburst jelly beans. So what's your favorite Easter candy that you find yourself eating a little bit too much of late at night in front of the TV? Hmm. True confession. So happy Easter to everybody. I'm starting to celebrate now, even though it's in April and we're still in March, but that's okay. I believe in really getting the full benefit of every holiday. Keeps my tree in the living room longer. (laughs) What will I do after Easter? Hmm. Stay tuned. Okay. So, recipes. You know I love a good recipe, especially if it's baking. And I got you thinking, do any of you guys have counter rotters? You know what I'm talking about. This is what my husband calls them. I believe they go by the name of bananas. How many of you have bought a whole bunch of bananas, like when I go to Costco, which is a warehouse that's way too big with way too much food? in way too big quantities, like you're feeding a whole army. So I can buy like a whole humongous bunch of bananas for like $1.40 US. That's crazy. But my daughter doesn't eat them as much as I think she's going to on her way to work. And uh, my husband is allergic to bananas because they are related to latex. And I'm not eating as much as I should unless I put it with a spoonful of Nutella. (laughs) Yeah, anything's better with Nutella. (laughs) I haven't tried fish, but I don't eat fish anyway. I don't think fish would be good with Nutella. But anyway, I have a wonderful recipe. If you have some bananas just sitting around and you want something different other than the old ubiquitous banana bread recipe, I have one by Southern Living, y'all. And if you Google it, you will find a website called The Southern Lady Cooks. Also, if you have that old brown Southern Living cookbook that was really popular around 1989, I'm dating myself here, then you will see a recipe for Southern Living's Hawaiian banana nut bread. Now, you don't have to put the nuts in it if you don't want to, but why wouldn't you want to? Unless you're allergic, of course. So, the next time you have a bunch of counter rotters, Bananas sitting around, and you're like, what am I going to do with these? 
You could put them in a smoothie, sure, but why don't you make the Hawaiian banana nut bread? Why is it Hawaiian? Does it say aloha when you cut it? No. It's because it has pineapple in it. Mmm. Let me tell you. A little bit of pineapple, a little bit of sugar, actually a whole lot of sugar. I think it calls for two cups. That's crazy. But it tastes good. <laughs> um, it has bananas, of course. And the nuts really make it. You can use pecans or walnuts. It doesn't matter. They're both good. Walnuts are high in omega-3s, I think. But pecans are probably good for you, too. But I think I like the walnuts better. So it's even healthy for you because of the omega-3s, y'all. So my recipe for this week on Epicurean Adventures. You thought you were going to get away without me singing that? Really? Truly? Mm-mm. No, you're not. <laughs> and uh, I've got allergies still. I think I'm just going to spend the rest of my life with allergies, like my mom and my mother, my grandmother. I mean, that woman kept so many tissues in her cardigan pocket. <laughs> it's just like, a, I'm like, what are you doing with all this, grandmother? <laughs> Why don't you get rid of some of them? <laughs> so, moving on from Hawaiian banana nut bread, which is really good. Let me know if you try the recipe. Again, the Southern Lady Cooks.com, I think. Or just Google Hawaiian banana nut bread. Now, I do not put coconut in mine. Sorry, I don't go there. You could, though. You could if you like coconut. I'm not a huge fan of coconut. So, I think that's why I don't like Almond Joys. They're all coconut. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. If For those of you who love coconut, by all means, put coconut in it. So, moving on. Let's talk about a serious topic. When you can't forgive or forget. Now you're thinking that's pretty heavy for serendipity girl. But remember, we're looking for things good and for the good God who is behind the good. And that's Jesus. I make no apologies. I am a Jesus girl all the way. When you find out what he's done for you and how much he loves you, I mean, what other response is there? <laughs> I mean, who else is going to die for you? I mean, ladies. I'm talking to the ladies, but it counts for men, too. You know, the knight on the white horse in shining armor, you know that whole thing that we push in the Grimm's fairy tales, the Anderson's fairy tales, Every romantic movie out there, we can't get enough of it. King Arthur and Guinevere, although I think she had a little side action going there with Lancelot, so maybe that doesn't count. Um, did I just say side action? Oh, my goodness. I apologize. <laughs> I didn't mean that quite the way it came out. But, yeah, there was some something going on there with Lancelot. So, But that whole knight in shining armor thing, it is still around today. If you don't believe me, just tune into Hallmark. And now even Netflix is getting in to the act with all the romantic movies they're putting out. We can't get enough of this story. So, I want to talk about when you can't forgive or forget. And you know, you hear people say, well, I forgive you, but I can't forget. Uh, I don't know if we hold that up to the lens. Okay, first of all, if we hold it up to the lens of what Jesus is saying about forgiveness... Of course you can't forget. Corey Ten Boom never forgot till 
her dying day that she was in a concentration camp in Germany. Well, wait, was it in Germany? It was Ravensbrück. I don't know if that was in Germany or another country. I think it was Germany. Ravensbrück or Ravensbrück with her sister Betsy. And uh, she never forgot that her sister starved to death. And she certainly didn't forget when she was giving a speech about what Betsy told her. She said, Corey, you are going to be freed. And she was. And she said, I've had a vision. And Betsy was dying from starvation and weakness. And she told Corey, she said, you must live. You must escape. And you will. You will be released. And you must go and tell anyone who will listen. Among other things, there were other things that she did. Uh, There's a great documentary called Uninvincible Faith. Invincible Faith, or a Faith Invincible. It is a documentary about Corrie ten Boom with interviews from the companion, the lady who stayed with her in her last uh, years, especially when she had a stroke and was silent for five years. Can you imagine how hard that must have been to suddenly not be able to speak for five years before she went to be with the Lord? And... Betsy said to Corey while she was dying, she said, you must go and tell them that there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Corey, they will believe you because we have been here. And Betsy died. And Corey had to go on without her sister in that concentration camp, knowing that the same people who were responsible for the death of her 80-something-year-old father. He only made it less than 10 days. Her nephew was taken away in the Netherlands during occupation, was never seen again. So we assume that he died. And what was their crime? Protecting the lives of people who the Nazi regime had said did not deserve to live did not deserve the right to life, did not deserve the right to live peaceably as they had for years. With the Germans, with the Poles, with the Austrians. Do you think that Corey forgot what happened to her? No. God's not asking you to forget, but what he is asking us to do is that when we do remember, we don't still wish harm on that person. We don't still hold those harsh feelings towards that person, even if they are toxic. Can I just let you in on a secret here? If you are drawing breath, if you have blood coursing through your veins, you have the ability to be a toxic person. It's called the flesh, y'all. And every single person that's been born before they put their faith in Jesus Christ, that old person that they are, because when you come to Christ, he makes you a new creation. He says, behold, the, the old is gone, the new has come. But that old person that you were, according to Paul, that old person, we call it the flesh, the old man, the you before you were saved, the BC, before Christ version of you, it doesn't go away. We die to it, but it's not dead. 
and we have the capacity to be toxic, even as Christians. That's a secret that the world knows that we try to hide. Why do we try to hide it? Yes, we have the ability to be toxic at any moment of the day. And I know it's really popular because I've listened to videos on YouTube from psychologists saying, we'll just get away from that toxic person. Well, yeah, sometimes maybe you need to, depending on what they're doing, and I'm not going to judge what people are doing, uh, especially if you're in an abusive relationship, whether it's physical or emotional. Yes, you do have to separate from that person. If you're married, it's a little bit harder. The world would say, we'll just dump them, divorce them, separate them, quit them. If it's a boyfriend, that's one thing. If it's an engaged person, that's another thing. If it's a spouse, or if it's a parent, or if it's a family member, now it's getting a little bit tricky. And I don't see anywhere in the Bible where Jesus says that you are to avoid all toxic people. You would have to avoid yourself, because we all can be toxic. And if we're honest, which is what Jesus is asking the Pharisees and the religious leaders to be, when they pick up those stones to stone the woman caught in adultery, never mind that the man was nowhere to be found. You know, it does take two to do that. You can't commit adultery by yourself. You need another person. Where was the man? They weren't even focused on the man, just the woman. They wanted everybody to stone her to death because that is what the Old Testament law said. And then Jesus flips that whole situation and says, okay. Whoever of you has no sin, and another way of saying that, whichever of you has never been toxic in their entire life, never, go ahead, be the first to throw a stone. So, if you still feel like picking up a stone and stoning that person through slander or just avoiding them because you don't feel safe, I mean, I understand I've gone through some stuff. You may be hearing a little bit of reverberation coming from me. I'm going through something right now. A spiritual trial, heart surgery. And if you keep hearing themes of forgiveness, there's a reason. So I'm I'm going through this with some of you. I know there's someone out there who needs to hear this. So let me just tell you quickly a verse that I came across as I bounce out of St. Patrick's Day. And remember that it's about a man who chose to forgive. He never forgot. He never forgot what they did to him. But he went back anyway. That's not staying safe. That's not avoiding toxic people. And St. Patrick went back to the toxic people. And they rejected him, by the way. They did not accept his message about Jesus and the cross. They were pagan. And they had their pagan religion. Thank you very much. We don't need to be hearing about your Jesus, but love one, love one, and love always wins. In fact, there's a Bible verse in 1 Corinthians 13 that says, but love never fails. And that's what Jesus is calling us to. And believe me, I've got something difficult I'm going to have to be doing very soon. I don't want to do it. It's not safe. I won't be avoiding toxicity. And that's all I'm going to say. So I'm living this out, y'all. Imperfectly, but I'm living this out. So we can be like St. Patrick, because God says love never fails. And in St. Patrick's life, we see that 
because God gave him the power to not only forgive his captors and those who enslaved him, but to go back into the mouth of the lion. He stuck his hand back in the mouth of the lion, knowing they could bite it a second time, a third time, a fourth time. And he still lived amongst them and told them about Jesus. And today he's honored as a saint in the Catholic Church. And he is a saint. And what I mean by that is he's a man that exemplified the holy life that God calls us to as Christians because he let the Holy Spirit live through him. And as Corey Dim Boom found out, when a man came and asked her after she spoke about the love of Christ and the difference it makes and how free she is and how she's forgiven her captors, she got a major pop quiz on this one. I mean, major pop quiz. I'm sure you all know what that is. It's where all of a sudden it's popped on you and you don't know it's coming and you didn't prepare for it. So now we get to see, do you really believe what you really say you believe? And she recognized a man who approached her after she spoke about the love of Christ and forgiving. And she recognized him as one of the Nazi guards in the Ravensbrück concentration camp who was especially cruel to her and her sister who died of starvation. Can't say that enough. That's one of the worst ways to die. That and dehydration. It's one of the worst ones. So keep praying for the people in Ukraine, because a nine-year-old boy who was in Maripol, I think, I can't say that, Ray, I guess, but while the city was under siege, and it may still be under siege, I don't know, let me know on the Facebook page, because I don't know, those of you in Europe, is it still under siege? A nine-year-old boy died of dehydration because they don't have water, they don't have food, they don't have medical supplies, or at least they didn't at the time when I heard the story, and a nine-year-old boy perished because of a siege by the Russians. So, Corey was faced with a choice. The man said, I don't know if you remember me, understatement of the year, but I've come to Jesus, I've put my faith in him, and he has forgiven me for all the horrible, horrible atrocities that I committed. And I asked him to give me the grace to ask forgiveness from one of my prisoners. And Corey Timboom was that prisoner. Now, there was a lot on the line here. She, very honest woman, I love this woman. She said, and if you go and listen to it, Google it, oh my goodness. It's incredible. I get goosebumps right now. Google Corey Timboom because she, a lot of her uh, lessons and her speeches, which if she was a man, well, I won't go there. <laughs> if she was a man, well, I'll go there. If she was a man, I would call them sermons. I, I don't call them sermons. Uh, some of you may say, well, why not? And that's just me. But talks, whatever, lesson, teaching, whatever. Um, and And don't, let that distract you from what I'm about to say, because this is really important. She said, I could not. I prayed to Jesus and I said, oh, Jesus, I cannot forgive this man. There's no way. And the man is standing there holding his hand out, wanting to shake her hand. And God showed her the verse that says that he has spread his love, his love throughout our hearts. And she recognized the truth as if God was saying, and I think she did say this, that he said this, Corey, I know you can't, but I can. 
And she let God, who was living in her through the Holy Spirit, who is in our hearts, once we put our faith in Jesus, she reached her hand out and she said, I forgive you. Whoa, that's huge. Do you think she felt like doing that? Do you think that was safe? Do you think she thought that man was toxic? Absolutely. She didn't feel safe. Just standing next to him, I'm sure she didn't feel safe. She had seen the cruelty of that man and others like him. Women. Guards. And she knew that God had forgiven him. So she knew she had to. But she would never forget. So don't say this, I can forgive, but I can't forget. That's, I'm sorry. In my book, if you're using it as an excuse to avoid people, you haven't forgiven. And I say that from personal experience because I find myself wanting to avoid certain people who have hurt me. And I'm being challenged on it. With something that's coming up, I'm being challenged. And I've got friends saying, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. You know what's going to happen if you see those people. But what would Jesus do? And often I've heard people say, whatever you think you should do about a situation, what's the opposite of that? That's probably what Jesus is calling you to do because he likes to flip the paradigm. He likes to flip our human logic and reasoning. Keep in mind that Daniel was in a lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Old Testament, their faith landed them in a furnace, a fiery furnace. Jonah did not feel like going and telling the Assyrians at Nineveh that they could be forgiven if they put their faith in God. But he went. He went after he landed in a whale, and God had to kind of convince him and persuade him a little bit for three days. But he went. And Corey Tim Boom extended her hand, and Joseph in the Old Testament forgave his brothers. And Esau forgave his brother Jacob for deceiving him. Talk about a dysfunctional family. Look at Esau. And Jacob, twins, who hated one another. And yet Esau came running towards him with 400 armed men, which really alarmed Jacob. And he thought that he was coming to kill him because that's the last thing he had said was, I'm going to kill my brother if I ever see him again. Now that's a dysfunctional, toxic, unsafe situation in a family. But when Jacob prayed and wrestled with God, um, I don't know if the wrestling with God happened then or not. I think he did. That's where his hip got put out. Correct me if my timing is wrong. But Jacob went with gifts. I mean, he, he went with gifts. <laughs> and Esau, he doesn't come up to him because he wants to take his life. I mean, he did leverage his bets. He had 400 armed men with him because who knew how it was going to turn out, right? But he went... And he said, seeing your face, brother, is like seeing the face of God. Does that sound like somebody who hasn't forgiven you? Does that sound like somebody who has forgotten what you did? You don't have to forget to forgive. In fact, you can remember and you can see like Joseph did, 
that God brings good out of the bad. And the ultimate is what Jesus did because it says in Romans 5, 8, that God shows his love, his own kind of love for us in this, while we were still sinners, sinning against him, hostile, like Ephesians 2 says, totally his enemies, Jesus died for us. He did not wait for us to say, I'm sorry, I apologize. What are you going to do if the person never asks you to forgive them? Are you off the hook? Can you go to your grave holding it against them, slandering them, avoiding them? Jesus isn't going to less off the hook. Corey Tim Boom never got an apology from all the people that were responsible for the deaths of her family members. She got one. But what about the rest of the guards? The ones that made her strip naked and stand in front of them. Hmm? Did she get an apology from them? No. You're not always going to get an apology. If you wait for an apology, that's conditional. But you can be free. And I can be free. So I guess I know what it is I'm supposed to do. You don't take the safest route. Okay, my husband's having some issue down there, and I could try to edit this out. (laughs) I think it's allergies. I'm just going to let this be a real, you know, a real podcast with real people with real issues. (laughs) He's just coughing down there, but he's okay. Um, So you have a choice. We can be like Jesus and remember that love never fails. Love always triumphs. The cross triumphed over our sin, did it not? And if God can forgive us of everything we've done wrong, we have to forgive other people. Our credibility, Jesus' credibility, his witness, our witness for him is on the line, y'all. Now again, if you're in a situation like the show Made on Netflix, which does a really good job of communicating how some women are suffering from emotional and physical abuse, and let me tell you, emotional abuse, and I know this firsthand, way worse than physical abuse. A slap may hurt. It may last for a few seconds. The emotional scars of emotional abuse can last a lifetime. And that's all I'm going to say. But Jesus has put his love in our hearts, and we can forgive. We don't have to forget, but we don't have to hold that person or those people hostage anymore and say, when you ask forgiveness, when you change, when you stop. Now, again, as I started to say, if you are in physical danger or you're being emotionally abused, then prayerfully seek counsel. You definitely need to get away from that, whether it's physical or emotional, and especially if children are involved. And it's not my place here on this podcast to tell you what you should do, but I can tell you right now, without even knowing what your situation is, I'm praying for you, that God will show you what to do. But ultimately, regardless of what you choose to do, and I would encourage a counselor before a lawyer, a Christian counselor who really knows the principles of God from the Bible, because no offense to secular counselors, but 
if they're not drawing from the wisdom of God through the Bible, in my opinion, they are not giving you the best advice. And that's just me. So I apologize. I seem to have just caught a wind here. And I know every week I'm like, oh, this went a little bit longer. But this is a serious subject. But I just want to encourage you. Let God fill your heart with his love. Ask him. Just say, I feel hatred. I feel bitterness. I actually prayed that yesterday. And told the Lord, I feel hatred and I feel bitterness. I've never before in my life that I know of felt hatred before. And it was scary. Because that is so the opposite. We are known for our love we have for others, not hatred. But I had let the bitterness become like a cancer in my heart. And I dealt with it. You can confess it to God, talk to him like I did when I was driving in the rain. And you can get rid of it. And you can let him refresh, so to speak, his love in your heart. Because he feels nothing but love. He never feels hate. He only feels love. And he's not bitter. And bitterness is just forgiveness that is calcified, kind of like calcium, whatever, on your teeth, you know, that they scrape off. If you don't get that off, it it, um, becomes very hard, like tartar. And that's why flossing and all that stuff is so important. So consider it emotional, mental, spiritual flossing. Because if you don't get rid of that stuff quickly, it's only going to get worse. It's going to multiply. It's going to get worse until you become a bitter person and you do not want a root of bitterness in your heart. So this is going to go on record as the longest podcast episode. But again, it's a very serious subject. So I just want to encourage you, wherever you're at, I'm praying for you and pray for me that you are letting Jesus fill your heart with his love and you are forgiving And loving those people, do they deserve it? No. And if they never ask forgiveness, do it anyway. You are freeing yourself. You're freeing yourself. And there's no greater witness. And we're not like Jesus anymore than when we are forgiving and when we are showing love to people who don't deserve it. And then realizing that at times... We are that person, and other people have to do the same towards us. They have to forgive us because we've been toxic. We've been unsafe. So let God's love fill your heart. Enjoy this Easter season. Let go of whatever it is you're carrying. And if you want to opine on the Facebook group so that we know that we're a community and that we're not alone, Please do. It would be so neat to hear from people from all over the world. And keep praying for Ukraine. Because they're going to have to forgive what Russia has done to them. But they got to get through it. But they have to remember, and we have to remember, love never fails. And the cross is proof of that. That's why we celebrate Easter. Because love never fails. And if you don't know what I'm talking about when I talk about Jesus and what he's done for you, if that's a mystery to you or you've never really heard, Google the book of John 
in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. And you can read all about what Jesus has done for you. So until the next time, have a wonderful serendipitous day. Thanks so much for listening.